This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hello and welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 59, brought to you by Wicked Tree Gear. Today, I'm talking with a good friend of mine about his transition from being a non-hunter to becoming a hunter, so stay tuned. All right, what is up, friends? Happy Wednesday to you all out there. I hope you, the hump day is treating you well. Today we got a super cool show. Um, I'm really excited to, to, to share this podcast with you guys. Um, you probably heard me talk about in the past, whether it was with John or, you know, I think even when we had Ryan Fuhrer on, I brought it up when we were doing the Hunting Heritage podcast, um, that I have a friend of mine who has never hunted before, and I was planning to, to, to take him on a, a turkey hunt, his first hunt ever. Um, and this podcast is a conversation between he and I talking about, you know, how he feels prior to hitting the turkey woods for the first time and, and, and starting that venture and, you know, the things that we love to do, which is, you know, getting out into the timber and do some hunting. Um, I thought it was really kind of interesting to kind of have a discussion with him. You know, a lot of times I think we as hunters tend to talk to ourselves a lot, you know, and what I say, what I mean by that is, is that we, we oftentimes find people who share the same views, the same opinions, um, and same ideas. And those are the people we most often converse with. I think, you know, not to get too deep, but it's kind of human nature. We're homogeneous by nature. We want to be around people who are like us. Uh, that's why you, you know, your group of friends typically are, or have the same, you know, or in the same kind of echo, uh, socioeconomic, you know, strata as you are and, and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, if we take that same kind of approach and we look at like who we talk to 
and who we spend our, the most of our time with and, and discuss, you know, things that are important and meaningful to us, it's probably people who are a lot like us. Um, so I always think it's interesting to kind of get outside of our comfort zones a little bit and talk to people who are maybe a little bit different. And, you know, my, my friend Trevor is a guy who I've worked with for a bunch of years, uh, for or several years, I wouldn't say a bunch. Uh, we became really good friends. Um, he's a dude who's always interested in new in in interesting ideas and things. He's a super open-minded guy. Um, and he'd always asked me about my hunting trips that I was going on and stuff. And he's also super into food, um, and is, is kind of a bit of a foodie, if you will. And so as, as we are, you know, our friendship continued to kind of grow and stuff, you know, we started talking more and more about hunting and he knew that it was something that was a really big part of my life and he took an interest in it. And so one day as we were talking, I just kind of finally asked him if he'd want to go hunting. You know, we were, I think we were talking about turkey hunting and that he had never eaten a wild turkey. And that's the case I, I would imagine for a lot of folks out there that don't hunt, you know, they probably don't often eat wild, wild game, you know, so, you know, turkey specifically being something that's common for people that they have around Thanksgiving, Christmas, et cetera, you know, they've only ever experienced the store-bought version. And so, you know, his question to me was, you know, if you kill a turkey, are you going to eat it? And my answer was, of course, yes, you know, I'm going, going to eat it. And his response was, you know, I've only ever had store-bought turkey. I would really love to see you know, what, um, a wild turkey tastes like. Cause to that point I had shared some venison with him. I think some elk meat, some goose, um, you know, so he had had wild game other, you know, other wild game and, and Turkey was just something he had never had, which was interesting because it's the most common thing I think in terms of like the game foods or the game proteins, if you will, um, that we eat from a domesticated perspective. Um, and so my response was, you know, sure I would eat it. Um, and I said that, you know, I would of course share some with him if, if, he would like to try it. And then I just kind of thought about it for a second and said, you know, and this, you know, of course happens in, you know, a nanosecond as your, as your brain kind of works. And, you know, I thought to myself that, you know, a lot of times I think, you know, again, we as hunters, not only do we speak to our own audience most often, you know, and talking to people have the same viewpoint. So we're not really changing people's minds in that regard and, and pushing hunting forward, I guess, if you will. Um, but I think also we talk a lot about hunter recruitment and the things that we should individually be doing um, to, to help secure our hunting heritage, you know, and I'm just as guilty as anybody, you know, it's something that's important to me, but whenever I sit and I think about it, you know, am I really doing my part? Am I doing as much as I can do? Of course I take my daughter out to hunt and, you know, that's important to get youth involved and so forth. Um, you know, but if, you know, if we go back to the conversation I had with Ryan Fuhrer about what makes the most impact, you know, bringing an adult, you know, person into the hunting fold is more impactful immediately because they have the resources to get themselves out into the woods. They've got a car, they can buy a hunting license, they can purchase a gun, whatever equipment's necessary for whatever type of hunting that they want to do. And so when I asked myself, am I doing as much as I can do? You know, I think the answer was probably no. And it wasn't that I wasn't doing anything, but did I think that I could do more? You know, and that answer was yes. Um, and have I taken an adult hunter out before and tried to introduce someone who was interested? You know, the answer to that was no. And, you know, I think a lot of times we have reasons for that, you know, deer hunting, of course, is one of those things that's really, um, you know, have, have, you know, deep passion for. And so a lot of times you run at a hundred miles per hour during that. And that's really hard to introduce a hunter into that kind of realm. At least it would be for me because some of the hunts that I'm doing are a little, you know, might be tougher than, you know, or, or more challenging maybe than, um, you know, a, a beginner might enjoy. So you have to be kind of mindful in that. And so at that moment, I kind of thought that this was the perfect opportunity to do more and kind of put my money where my mouth is, where it's like, you know, I know I've talked about hunter recruitment and these things that are important, 
Um, and so this was a, a chance for me to kind of follow through on those things. And so my response to him, you know, in a long way of saying it was remember he was asking if he could try some of the turkey if I got one. My response was, well, why don't I just take you and you kill your own? And he was kind of stunned by that, you know, uh, response, because I don't think he was expecting me to just say, hey, I'm going to take you. I think I should just take you hunting. You should try this for yourself. And in like a nanosecond, he was like, are you serious? He's like, I would love to do that. And so it was one of those things where you probably don't realize how interested someone might be in doing something like that until you just kind of offer the opportunity. Um, and I have to say, like, you know, in this this podcast that you're about to listen to with Trevor is like right after, you know, I took him with my friend Wilson out to shoot and he shot in the past. Uh, he's actually a really good shot. So he's, he's handled guns before. So he was kind of ahead of the curve in that regard. Um, you know, but this conversation is really about like his feelings before he actually hits the woods and actually goes and goes hunting. Um, so I, I think the, like the net net here is, is that, you know, if you have someone that you think might be interested in hunting and it doesn't ever, ever hurt to offer it up. Um, you know, I will say, I think, you know, Trevor, you know, we'll see after he goes on his hunt, if it was a rewarding experience for him or, or not. Um, but I will have to say that, you know, I've had a rewarding experience to this point, just in helping him, um, you know, whether it was take his hunter safety test, which he had to do, you know, which was awesome that he got done that done, you know, pick up a license. Um, talk about, you know, how you set up to hunt, hunt birds, you know, what type of setup we're going to use, um, you know, what happens when a bird approaches, what's going on this time of year, why the birds act the way they do this time of year. So it was really rewarding for me to kind of share all those things with him to someone who is is interested and, and see how excited he would get about certain things as it's as it's all brand new to him. Um, so and, you know, I won't belabor the point any longer. You know, we'll go ahead and get into this podcast with Trevor, but just wanted to give everyone just a little bit of context uh, for that. But before we jump into the podcast, uh, let's talk about our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible. We are brought to you by Wicked Tree Gear, the longest, lastest, fastest cutting, toughest tree trimming equipment you've ever used. Simply put, the toughest saws on earth. How tough? Tough enough to come with a lifetime warranty. Right now, when you visit wickedtreegear.com, Use the promo code TRUTH at checkout and save yourself 20% discount on your Wicked purchase. We're also brought to you by Exodus Outdoor Gear. The new Exodus Trek is a byproduct of all consumer voices who have been excited about what Exodus Trail Cameras has has to offer, but just can't fit a $200 camera in their budget, and that's okay. A budget-friendly camera backed by the industry's leading warranty is now here. The Trek comes in at $145. It has the same proprietary shell design as a Lift Series camera, so you're getting a quality camera. The same five-year warranty and unmatched customer service policies. The 0.7 trigger speed that we love uh, also, of course, comes with photo, video, time-lapse, and hybrid modes and is a single-line backlit LED display for easy setup. You also get 20,000 images or pictures on a set of lithium batteries, so uh, battery life is kick-ass. And if you'd like to learn more about Exodus Trail Cameras, check them out at exodusoutdoorgear.com, or you can head to the truthfromthestand.com partner page and click through there as well. If you like what you see, uh, save yourself 20 bucks and use the promo code TRUTH at checkout. We're also brought to you by Tecamani Seed. If you aren't putting Tecamani Seed in the ground, you are missing out. They have everything that you need to grow an awesome plot. This, of course, this is the time of year where you should be kind of getting the, your your spring stuff kicked off and, and and planted if you know Mother Nature continues to cooperate with no snow, hopefully. So everything is bigger in Texas. Uh, no matter if you're in the south, midwest, or the northeast, Tecamani has your food plot seed needs covered. Visit Tecamani.com and check out their product selector tool. 
to help pick up the right seed for your needs. Use the promo code TRUTH at checkout and save 20%. Last but not least, Glacier Cooler is simply the world's finest. Whether you're hunting, camping, or fishing, you'll enjoy smarter design, stronger construction, and superior insulation of Glacier Coolers. Visit them at GlacierCoolers.com. And one last thing is we're going to be doing some giveaways here in the not-so-distant future from a bunch of our uh, our different partners. And uh, if you are not yet following Truth From The Stand on Facebook and Instagram, you might want to go ahead and do that as we'll be running a lot of the stuff, you know, or the ways to enter and get involved in the uh, giveaways will be through those two platforms. So be sure to follow us on both of those. And without further ado, let's get Trevor on the line. All right, welcome back. We are live and you're listening to another episode of the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. And today my guest is a good buddy of mine. You've probably heard me mention him just a handful of times uh, on some of the previous podcasts that John and I've recorded. Um, I'm talking to my buddy Trevor Navarra. Trevor is uh, he's a, a new hunter, just recently passed his hunter safety course, so <laughs> certified. Certified. He is he is certified and ready to roll. Uh, he's never hunted before, um, and uh, my buddy Wilson and I are taking him on his first turkey hunt this year. And uh, it's one of those things where, you know, when we talk about hunting recruitment, you know, a lot of folks kind of as, you know, when we had Ryan Fuhrer on, you know, we talked, of course, about all the different ways to recruit and the different levels of recruitment, whether it's adult or or child or whatever the case might be. And introducing kids to the outdoors is always great long term. Right. But the challenge is, is that they can't take themselves hunting. They still need the help of an adult to get them out and which doesn't necessarily help your hunter numbers immediately. Um, the important thing is, is introducing the folks who might be interested in hunting, but might be older and maybe are a little bit hesitant to ask for help to get out into the outdoors and, um, and, and, and give it a try. Um, and so, and, and adults of course can actually take themselves hunting. They have the, the means, you know, a car license, uh, money to buy the gear and so forth. So you, it's a much quicker uptick in that regard. Um, and of course, you know, all the benefits that I think we all as hunters kind of recognize of being in the outdoors, like the, the, the mindfulness, the peacefulness, the time alone, the time to kind of reflect with your own thoughts. And of course, just to enjoy nature, um, is, is quite a gift to be able to give someone. So that's what we plan to do with Trevor. And, you know, today we wanted to just kind of get with Trevor and kind of talk to him about how he's feeling about his upcoming hunt and, uh, and, and get a little bit of a non hunter's perspective as he gets ready to turn into a hunter. So, uh, how you doing my man? I'm good. You good? <laughs> yeah, I've never recorded one of these before. Yeah, well, that's okay. Me either. I'm little, not very good at this either. A little awkward. <laughs> a little awkward. It is a little awkward sitting here talking to each other on a microphone. Um, so this morning, you know, it's 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 a Saturday morning. We're recording this, and uh, we actually went out and just shot guns and and got you acquainted with some some twelve gauges that you're going to be one of which you'll be using for our hunt on opening day. And uh, as we were driving back from shooting, I was I was just saying how surprised I was at how good of a shot you are, which is a nice kind of uh, thing to take care of because no, not a concern there because, man, you were actually a pretty decent shot. So tell us how you uh, became quite the pea shooter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've shot guns in the past. I mean, I've gone skeet shooting. Um, I've gone to target, you know, to ranges before. Um but this is only with, you know, friends who have guns or, you know, friends with parents have brought me out. Um, and it's it's never been, I've never been hunting, you know, as you just said. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's just, you know, I guess practice in the past. Right. That, and I think the other thing that played, and I was actually thinking this before we went, it's like you're, so, you know, for all of you out there who don't know Trevor, which would be 100% of you listening, um, is that you're a really calm guy 
like Trevor and I've worked together for the past three years yeah. and you're always very even keel. And I assume that would probably bode well for you in shooting because a lot of shooting, you know, whether it's a bow or whether it's a gun is all about, you know, keeping kind of like your mind clear and, and being able to focus and staying calm and, and those types of things, which you kind of have, like your personality is kind of that way anyway. Yeah. So whenever you grab the gun and you weren't necessarily, you knew how to use one because you've used one before, but you were very comfortable with it and very kind of, I don't want to say calculated, but you had a process, like you knew what you were doing and you were very, um, you know, process is the right word, but you, you had a plan. You know, whenever you went to went to shoot, and it was like it was evident. You know what I mean? Like you weren't rattled by having a gun in your hand. You weren't, you know, standoffish or scared of it. Because some people will grab one if they don't shoot often, and they're in they're scared of it, which is, you know, a fine, you know, kind of feeling to have. But uh, you know, tell I guess for those out there that are listening that don't know you, of course, give me a little bit of background about you, where you're from, and you know what you do professionally, so people kind of get a sense of who you are. Yeah, um, grew up in Rochester, New York, upstate New York. Um, professionally, uh, art director by trade. Yeah, I've worked with Clint for the past three years. Mm-hmm. Um, for better or worse. <laughs> Sometimes, most of the time for worse, probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, grew up loving loving the great outdoors. Uh, you know, I vacationed a lot in the Adirondacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, all, you know, we just spent a few weeks every summer up there. My, my mother... Went to the Adirondacks all her life. Um, and then probably within the past 10, 15 years, spent a lot of time up in the Thousand Island region, which is, you know, north of the Adirondacks, St. Lawrence River, kind of borders Canada and uh, upstate New York. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, what else do you want to know about me? Just I like, want to know everything. <laughs> we, want to get, we want to get into the deep, dark places that you don't want to talk about. No, it was a cool April morning. <laughs> So you mentioned, you know, and I know this about you, it's, you're a person, you spent some time in California as well. And prior to that, you were a, a videographer, right? Yep. For yep. Yeah. I was, I lived, I live in California, Los Angeles specifically for over a decade. Um, I was a camera operator and DP for a lot of TV shows, a lot of, um, National Geographic channel and Discovery channel shows. Um, so yeah, good with the camera. That's mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, Kind of, it was. I would. I don't really want to say past life because I still do a lot of camera work. Um, but yeah, I mean that's you know I do a lot of design and camera work now, so it's kind of you know right. And so you always were kind of, and I know this about you. It's like the outdoors have always kind of interested you. Like you be you like being outside, like because I know you bike. Yep. You know what I mean. And I know you like to hike. And, yep. You know, and get outside as much as you as much as you possibly can. So I guess let's talk just a little bit about like some of the different things you've done in the outdoors that were not hunting related or anything like that. Like what are, what are some places that you biked or hiked or just places you've been that you really liked? Um, I mean, California is ridiculous. Right. I mean, you can be at the beach in the morning and then, you know, you can be on the slopes in the afternoon. So, I mean, a lot of, you know, when I was out there, you know, it was a lot of, you know, I remember chasing storms with a buddy of mine, mm-hmm. um, going up to mammoth skiing, you know, just, just big mountain skiing. I mean, winter, that's my main kind of, sport my main you know what i love um i mean especially out west the the mountains are huge and it's just you know if you get a good powder day it's heaven um you know besides that i mean i you know 
I try and I'm not really a bit of a gym rat, you know, so I really like, you know, when I'm working out, it's all running, it's all, bite, you know, cycling, um, you know, and, you know, just, I, I mean, I have, I have two young kids, so I wish I w- hiking was more part of my life right now, but right. unfortunately... It's, like, it's about like, we go about a mile before there's a meltdown <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> and we got to turn back but i mean we're getting there you know my my youngest is three so we're he's he's getting to be about the age where we can right we can start going with more of a distance right um he's got short legs <laughs> and you're a tall guy so it's, <laughs> it's 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 hard to keep up with i'm sure i have a hard time keeping up with people who have long legs you know yeah uh yeah i mean you know i just Loves great outdoors, and that's kind of what... Right, and I know any time you would go up north to visit your folks and stuff like that, you would kind of talk about, you know, I know you like the water and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, you like being out, you know, you, of course, the region that you grew up in lended itself to being around the water. You know, but I guess for, you know, as we're kind of getting ready to take you on your first hunt, like, I'm curious, because I don't know that I've ever specifically asked you this. I know that we've talked a lot about hunting and my hunting trips whenever I would come back, you know, because we worked on the same team together, and we would always just kind of share what we did on the weekends and stuff like that. And a lot of times mine was going hunting or scouting or, or something or preparing for a hunt or whatever. Um, and you know, as we kind of started talking about it, like I started seeing you show more and more interest in like what I was doing. Cause you have to understand like as a person who hunts and working in the industry that we work in kind of choiceful with who and how much I share information, you know, how much information I share. So cause some people are squeamish about it. Right. And I also want to be sensitive to, people's wishes of maybe wanting to know certain details or not wanting to know certain details. Not that I feel I have to apologize for being a hunter. I will tell anyone that, but in terms of the amount of information I share, it's like, of course I don't want to share something with a person who um, doesn't want to know about the kill shot or whatever. You know what I mean? Because my goal isn't to shock anybody. Honestly, it's to do the opposite. It's to kind of get people to understand more about it and why I do it. So I'm just curious, like what, at what point did you start getting interested in like maybe trying hunting? And then what was the reason you were kind of like, man, this is something I kind of want to do. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Well, I mean, you know, we've known each other three years. And like, I don't know when, you know, I kind of started to, when you really kind of started to bring it into our conversations. But, um, you know, I just, I, I, you know, for someone who knows nothing about hunting, didn't grow up hunting, you know, uh, have no hunters in your family, as far as I know, right? None, yeah. none whatsoever. Um, you know, call me naive, but it, I, you know, I thought you just walk into the woods with a rifle and see a deer and shoot it. Right. You know, it's like that's not that's not it at all. Right. You know, like you, I mean, you. This is a huge part of your life, and that, and and I saw that passion in you like early on. I'm like, what the hell is he talking? Like, what is this all about? Right. And then you start, you know, you start breaking it down, like like the, their their habits, mm-hmm. you know, like throughout the year you know like that there what 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 kind of got me going is like holy there's a there's a there's a science to this right you know like there's this is not just like joe said, blow walking into the woods and yeah. popping off around and calling it a day yeah right and especially you with bow hunting when you have to like like 
you're close. Yeah. You know, this is not, this is not like long range, you know, right. like you have to know the characteristics of, you know, of that deer. Right. Um, and that, I mean, that aside, you know, like when, when I see someone like like you, who's so, who's so crazy passionate about something, I'm just like, wow, that's, that's really interesting. And I just want right. to like, you know, I just like want to just gain, check it out, knowledge, experience, like all that shit. You know? Right. It's like, that's what, what I think is really cool about it. Right. And then the other piece of it then kind of became like, I think when we really started talking about it, I started sharing some game with you. You know what I mean? Cause that's the one thing that like, you know, and this isn't like we were, we were good friends. So I didn't mind doing this, but it's like, one of the things is, is that what I always, I always kind of had an idea that I would like to try to introduce you to hunting. You know what I mean? Earlier in our relationship before I actually invited you or whatever. Yeah. Um, because you had this like curiousness about things, right? That you like experiences, you like different things, yep. um, things that are things that are just like new and intriguing. Like you're all about trying it. You know what I mean? Like you don't turn down like a, an interesting opportunity. You yeah. know um, that you enjoy good food. You know what I mean? And interesting foods and stuff like that. And so once I saw that you were kind of somewhat interested in the idea of it my next step was really then to start to introduce you to like the game meat side of it, like the food side of it, because I know that you eat healthy as, as well as I do and try to eat as healthy as you possibly can. And that's kind of like the other component of it is that once I knew those things about you, I was like, man, this just makes a logical, this is just too logical for him to try this. It's like, it's, it makes too much sense. Yeah. He loves the outdoors. He likes new experiences. You have two young kids that could use some peace and quiet, some time, <laughs> some time to yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then, of course, you you were digging the game meat that I would share with you and figuring out how to prepare it and what's the best way to prepare it and stuff like that. And then knowing, because that's where our, our conversation evolved to, is that you would start asking me how how I was going to prepare certain things that I was harvesting. Yeah. And then from there, it was, I was like, why does why don't I just take him hunting? Why don't I just let him? Because I remember the last conversation was about turkey because I gave you some goose to try. Yeah. And I started talking about turkey in the spring, and you were like, well, what do you do with it? You were like, "Do you eat it?" And I said, "Of course." And you said, um, "Man, I would." You said, I, "I'm trying to remember your words exactly." You were like, "I've never had wild turkey. I've only ever had store bought turkey." And you said, "I would really like to know what wild turkey tastes like and if it was any different." And my comment back to you is like, "Why don't I just take you and you kill your own?" Yeah. And you were like, "Your your eyes got like as big as saucers." <laughs> and you were like, "Really?" <laughs> And I was like, yeah, why the hell not? You know what I mean? I was like, you're into all this. You're into everything leading up to that point. You know what I mean? It's like there's this aspect of like, especially you being a craftsperson, a creative person. You know what I mean? That's part of like the outdoor experience is that creativity, right? Because it's like you walk into it with a blank slate. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's And you only get out of it whatever it is that you're willing to kind of put into it. You know, very, very similar to the, the creative process. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I guess... Now the, you know, the really the intent of like this original this first podcast with you is to kind of understand like where your mindset is with like hunting. So before like you met me, what were your thoughts about hunting? Were you like pro hunting, anti hunting? Were you like you know non committal either way? Did you have any thoughts about or did hunting just was it something that just never crossed your mind? Like not just from a perspective of doing it, but just even in the thought of like noticing that other people do it and how you felt about it. Before we continue our conversation, let's talk about Wicked Tree Gear saws. Hardcore deer hunters need tools that can keep up. We don't baby our gear, taking on whatever Mother Nature happens to dish out. Check out Wicked Tree Gear hand saws and pull saws at wickedtreegear.com. Use promo code TRUTH 
to save yourself 20% on your next purchase with free ground shipping and get a saw that's tough enough to work as hard as you hunt. It was never a part. I never thought like I go hunting because I, I w- I'm not going to like go to a store and buy a gun and walk into a forest and, you know, cause I don't know anything about it. Right. You know, like you got to have a teacher, you know, like, right. You got to have some, like a mentor, like whether it be your, you know, a family member. With the online certification didn't teach. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you I, don't know everything. Yeah. You're not yeah, I'm just kidding. You can't, you can't learn karate from books. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to watch people try, though. Then, yeah. Karate I'm, kit. Then I'm sorry. Stuff. Yeah. Go ahead, though. Uh, you know, so it never crossed my mind. I, I was like, no, there's no way I would ever hunt because I don't have someone who you know you, you need that person you need to you need someone to take you and teach you you know um so when you said that i was like whoa that's weird mm-hmm. like new thought like i've never right this is yeah this is this is going to be a new like a new experience you know mm-hmm. in I, every I, sense I, of the word like yeah you know, i've like, never yeah. had any any qualms about hunters um you know i think conservation is hugely important like mm-hmm. i you know i'm an environmentalist I, you know i love the great outdoors and i and i understand the importance of hunting right and i always have okay that's interesting that you've always made that connection because a lot of people who don't hunt don't make that connection right well, i'm i majored in it I'm, I'm sorry i minored in environmental science okay so. there you go so <laughs> i didn't yeah. know that that's yeah, awesome yeah. so so with that like would you agree that most people who didn't major in environmental science and don't hunt minored minored sorry, sorry. yeah <laughs> minored in environmental science and don't hunt would you do you think that they make that connection between hunting and conservation, or do you think that that's a pretty far gap for them to kind of traverse without someone I don't know kind of if it's helping? A far them? gap, but I think it's um, there's a gap. Yeah, you know, I think yeah, they they, they definitely don't. Um, I mean, there's a reason. You know, right. there's a reason why there's so many regulations. Right. There's a reason why you can only you know take you know x amount of game home. You know. Right. Um, you know, it's a there's a system in place for you know for a reason. Right. You know? Now, would you say, so take your family as an example that's not hunters and exclude anyone who has a minor in environmental science. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think any of them would make the connection between hunting, like license sales, right? The, the, the money that hunters generate and their, not just their financial impact on conservation, but their, um, their managing of the wildlife through hunting. Do you think they make that connection at all ever? Or do you think that that is something that unless they're kind of specifically told or explained might be a better way to put it, that that is the only time they would make the connection between a hunter who kills animals, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the argument you always hear. It's like, well, how are you conserving if you're killing? It's like they don't get the fact that like there is a management aspect of it. Then there's also a fiduciary aspect of it that has to be in place through license sales to help manage those lands that those animals inhabit, right? So do you think... Are those people making that connection or do you think it takes something like you minored in something in college or someone having a conversation with them to kind of explain that or will they never make that connection otherwise? I think, I think that, I, I think it's going to be hard to make them to make that connection. Right. Cause it's really hard for them to fathom killing equals saving. Yeah. It, that, you it's know, a very harsh juxtaposition. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. That doesn't make much sense. It doesn't. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like, probability and statistics never made a lot of sense to me. The way I made sense of it was is that it doesn't make sense. It's right. not logic. Like, yeah, you yeah. can't be logical with it, with something that is not a logical process. Right. Right? Totally. And that's kind of how I view hunting and conservation. Like, at face value for someone who has no information, it seems completely illogical. Yeah. Right? 
until you start to understand, like I like I always thought it was just the sport of it, right? You know, right? There's nothing. There's you know like this like, you know, get, getting your own game. You know, like right. not like there's not like anything greater. Right. You know, you, the hunting community is not working at anything greater than what the the sport just has to offer. You know? Right. Right. And then when you get right down into it, it's like man, like there is a whole world of things that are going on in the hunting community that hunters are pushing forward that a lot of people just don't know about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm curious, man, like, so we're getting ready to go hunting. You know, we've kind of talked about your background and we've, we've talked about like, you know, when you kind of started getting the idea that hunting might be a possibility, the barrier, of course, that you kind of, you know, spoke to, which I think a lot of people who are non hunters face the same thing. They might have an interest at mm-hmm. least to maybe try it, but how do you get started? Right. But, you know, heading into your first hunt, like, what are your feelings or expectations for your first hunt? I mean, I'm nervous as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, 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 let's peel this onion here. So, what part of this are you nervous for? Seeing a turkey, you know. Live for the first time? Live for the, I mean, yeah. I mean, like. Well, not live looking, for the first time. Looking you've down seen the, them. yeah. I've seen plenty of turkey, but looking down the barrel and like, oh my God, like it's time to pull the trigger. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, so let's talk about that a little bit. Like, how do you, how do you feel about, how do you feel about that aspect of it? Cause that's a piece of it that as a hunter, like as a person who's, gr- who's grown up hunting, yeah. right? Like I don't really think about that aspect of it until after it's done. Right. Yeah. So, cause for me, it's like. I've always said, like, I've never harvested an animal that I didn't partially get, you know, I don't know if choked up's the right word, but, like, I definitely felt the gravity of what I had done. Yeah, man. Had, had I, just you, done, know, you know what I mean? But not in a bad way, because it's like, I'm built, like, humans were built to do that. Like, that's how we've evolved, and that was, you know, we are hunters, gatherers by, you know, we are, it's innate that that's what we're supposed to be doing, right? But I still have this moment of, like, I understand that I just took something, took yeah. a life, you know yeah. what I mean? But I don't think about it and never have prior to the act because it's just it, it was always something it was normal for me growing up. Like I was always around hunters. My dad hunted my uncles, my grandfathers. So it was like from the time that you were a kid, like I was shooting guns and we raised turkeys and killed turkeys to eat whenever I was a kid. So it's just like I understood that's like that's where food came from. So I never had the issue prior afterwards yes there were feelings you know what i mean but pre- prior to there never were so like i'm that's interesting that you that you mentioned that that's like actually a thought that you're having like when that moment of truth happens yeah like how am i going to feel so like like how do you feel about it now like what's your what's your thought process like i said i'm like really nervous mm-hmm. like i don't like i you know i grew up my, my family big bass fishermen like mm-hmm. that's i mean i know like that's i know fishing you know and, and now recently i um, brought up, you know, taking up fly fishing. Um, there's some really great trout streams in this area. Uh, and I have, you know, caught a fish. I've cleaned a fish. Like, so I, I guess I've, I've taken a life in that sense, but like, right. it's, you've got the fight, you mm-hmm. know, you've got, you, you get, you got the battle and you eventually like, you know, you catch the fish, you keep the fish and then down the line you clean it. And that's usually maybe when, you know, the the fish maybe is already suffocated and died right before you've cleaned it or mm-hmm. you know it's just kind of flapping you're like oh boy mm-hmm. that's kind of weird right um but i've never like 
in an instant taking a life. Right. You know, and that yeah. is really that's a that that's a really weird feeling. And I would say I'm glad that you have that feeling because like to me when you when you make that harvest if you have that feeling like if that's a feeling you have either before or after to me that means you've you've kind of you understand you know what i mean and i feel like you are more appreciative or you are appreciative of of what that animal is providing in terms of you know one you know the the food that it's, you're going to use with your family yeah. you know what i mean two you know the opportunity to enjoy enjoy the outdoors and, and and pursue something that's you know a lot a lot of fun you know what i mean yeah um so i think that it's good that you have that feeling because i would be concerned for someone who has never hunted before right at an older age i think for kids it's a little different right totally. because they don't have the they haven't gotten to that point of like being able to rationalize what's happening or understand like what is really going on you know mm-hmm. um they do from a, just an academic perspective, right? At, like my daughter's nine and she'll go out and go turkey hunting this year again. And when, if and when she finally kills one, it's like she will just do it and she will probably have those feelings like afterwards. But I don't think it's a thought for her like in advance. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think for someone who's getting into it as you get older, I think it's, I think it's different. You know what I mean? I think you, you have a little bit better of an understanding of what you're doing, uh, what the outcome is going to be. Um, and, and all those things. So it's like, I'm glad that you have that feeling. It'd be interesting. Like when we do the follow up, then hopefully you kill one. Um, you know, hopefully I'm hoping you pull the trigger and you, you, your, <laughs> your inner self doesn't get the better of you at the moment, moment of truth. But if it does, that'll be just as fine. That'll be just as well. Um, so now we know what you're like most nervous about, right? I want to know like, what is the part you're most excited about? You know, I'm I'm really like I'm, I look at this as like, this is just completely foreign. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm I, I when you when you first brought up this idea, like my first thought it was selfish. I was like, this is a this is a new experience for me. Like mm-hmm. this is completely off my radar. Like I have no idea what to expect. You know, and right. I'm all for that. Like, and then you know you you break it down more, and you're like, you, you know, this is like this is this is a, this is a big deal. Um. I, I'm, I'm really just excited, like, just to, you know, when we're out there with Wilson, when he's calling, like, I'm really just, you know, I, I'm really kind of looking forward to, like, before, like, we see the turkey, just like mm-hmm. the anticipation, just like, just, just sitting mm-hmm. and sitting and waiting and just like being in nature and not, you know, just like, you just kind of, kind of lose yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, and you've told tons of stories to me just about like, yeah, you're just like you get lost in your head and like you just start hearing everything around you and that is like you know again work is crazy I come home family life is crazy you know it'll be the news is crazy yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean yeah. it's like everything is life is nuts right now yeah. and just that idea of just like just silence and yeah. just like total like peace I'm really looking forward to that yeah but then you know, if we and in an it, instant, yeah, it takes it, off. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's the crazy part about hunting is like, you know, I don't know how many times you know deer hunting specifically because turkey is a little different to where it's like, you know, you'll kind of know. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, Wilson has a pretty decent spot picked out that we know that there are birds there. We should hear them early in the morning. You know, first off when they come off the roost, 
Um, and then we'll start to hopefully work one to come in and start calling back and forth. So it's very interactive, right? Yeah. So you like, you'll kind of hear them approach um, to a degree. Um, but there are times where I've been turkey hunting where it's like, you know, I've had one come off the roost. I was calling, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll come to you quiet. Like you'll call a couple of times and then they'll answer back and then you stop and then they'll, they'll start coming to you without, you know, without kind of, you know, calling back to you anymore. Um, and, and they'll be right behind you, you know, like 20 yards and just blah, 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 gobble and scare the living shit out of you. You know what I mean? Like that's happened to me on, on many occasions. Deer hunting is a little different where it's like you're in a stand. And sometimes they're so stealthy and quiet, man. It's like you can't imagine that like a 200-pound deer can walk through the woods in dry leaves and get yeah. to within 15 yards of you and you never heard it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you just turn around and there it is. Like I've been like half like falling asleep for a tree stand, open my eyes, and there's a deer. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, tree stand sleep is some of the best sleep I think I've ever had in my life, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. It's, it's very peaceful as long as you don't fall out. I'm not condoning it. Just make sure you have a tree strap or, you know, or, or your harness on. Um but you're right. It's like it can like it goes from like that serenity to like balls out crazy at yeah. the snap of a finger in, in a lot of cases. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know, man. I know you mentioned that you were like, this is like a selfish thing. Like this is for me. And it absolutely is. But I'm like super stoked to like take you. You know what I mean? I'm super excited to like just it's the same. It's weird. Like it's the same type of thing. Like the first time I kind of took my daughter and she heard a turkey gobble for the first time. And it was like just watching her reaction was like. I was like, I don't even, I don't need to shoot. I don't even need to take a gun or a bow or anything. It's like, it was more just about watching her. So I'm super stoked to like take you out and just kind of watch your reaction to all these things that are going to happen for the first time. Because, you know, I think as hunters, like we sometimes start to take it a little bit for granted because we do it often. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, I try to make myself stop and kind of reflect whenever I'm out and just kind of think about how fortunate I am to be able to do some of these things and spend the time in the outdoors and stuff like that. Um, but to be able to watch it through like someone else's eyes, that's doing it for the first time. It's like, it's, it's kind of mind blowing. Cause it kind of takes you back to some of those feelings you had on some first hunts and, and stuff like that. So I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to take you and I'm, I'm hoping that you get a bird with a nice rope and I'm, I'm dude, I'm really looking forward to like the, the harvest shot of you, like you holding this bird up. Like, I'm just, oh God. <laughs> I'm like getting nervous just thinking about it, man. Yeah, I know you're all like we're sitting here, like your shoulders are all like creeped <laughs> up on you and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. But uh, yeah, man, I'm super, I'm super stoked. So yeah, I am too. It's yeah. uh, I think you, you know, you shoot well. Uh, Wilson's a great caller, so we'll have a good, a good opportunity. I mean, you, we'll have a much better opportunity with him calling than we would me calling because I'm not a great turkey caller. Um, and the, the kicker is, is we're we're filming all this stuff to hopefully make some type of. Short, short film. So your your success or failures are going to be crying. Yeah, I'm just going to see me crying. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I, I kind of hope that that happens, but not, not really. Um, Trevor broke down after he harvested a turkey. He felt really bad. He, he sobbed. <laughs> no, I think you're going to do great, man. And I, I, I really hope for for many reasons. I hope you you get at least an opportunity, and really hope that you get one. Um, only because I think for you as a new hunter to be able to kind of like, you know, kind of have that experience, have success. And then most importantly for me, in my opinion, at least is to take it home and then use it. Yeah. It's like to do, have that thing be full circle for you. It's like, to me, that's like the coolest part of it is that, you know, I relive my hunts throughout the year. Every time I eat venison that I've har that I've that I've harvested or like the elk that we got in Montana this year or the goose that I got this winter or the duck or whatever. 
you know, it's like I get to kind of, it takes me back to that like feeling again in that moment. And I get to kind of relive it over and over again. And it gives me an opportunity to give thanks to that animal over and over again. You know what I mean? That they gave the ultimate, you know, made the ultimate sacrifice and I'm, and I'm going to use it to its fullest, you know, and, and honor it in that way. Um, so I get to kind of have that over and over again, which is a really, really cool thing that I hope that you get to get the feel because I know I've shared stuff with you and, and that's awesome, but it's like, it's, there's nothing like doing it yourself, you yeah. know, you know, and being able to go home to your kids and say, you know, dad got this, yeah. like dad provided this, you know, it's like, they're like, they're like, what? what? I thought it got <laughs> from the store. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like you work at, you work at, uh, what you call it? Um, giant now or whole foods now <laughs> or Wegmans now, but you know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, I know you have some things to, to do and I know you were trying to get out to do some fly fishing today, so I won't, uh, I won't keep you, but, uh, I'll look forward to having you back on after the hunt success or no success. We'll, uh, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll still have fun. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll still have fun and we'll do a, we'll do a follow up podcast to see how your feelings have maybe changed, uh, um, since the hunt. Awesome. Cool. All right. Thanks buddy. Thank you. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. We'd like to thank Trevor for joining, and then we'd, of course, like to thank all of you for listening. And if you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes, 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 and leave us a five-star rating, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so we can deliver each and every podcast directly to your devices. Also, if you'd like to follow along with Trevor's hunt in real time, we'll likely be doing some Facebook, or I'm sorry, some Instagram stories, uh, so be sure to follow Truth from the Stand on Instagram as we'll, we'll post that as, as it happens in real time. And before we shut this thing down, we need to give a big shout out to our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible. Wicked Tree Gear, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Trophy Ridge, Ozonics, Obsession Bows, Tecamani Seed, Glacier Coolers, Ramcap Broadheads, and Trophy Taker Rests. And until next time, we'll see y'all. Special knowing to colorful damaged heads, broken letters, rationalize yourself in numbers, but I gotta All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long-sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do-hard-shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro-dosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear.